Camera three is fucked. Camera three is fucked, everyone. Just note that. We're still rolling. <laughs> We're moving on without camera three. We'll give him a looky-loo at it. How about that? <laughs> looky-loo. Very nice. Makes me uncomfortable. Looky-loo. Yeah. This is Penn Sunday School. It didn't surprise you that time. No. We're focused. Laser focused. Dialed in. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, and our friends at Elton Magic, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We're broadcasting from Show Creator Studio South. This week... Well, this week, honestly, the New York Times just published some bullshit is what happened this week. And it's weird. The topic is weird. The timing is weird. And, and it's, it's kind of on our minds. So here he is. Preach the love. Penn Jillette. Ah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard this time to focus on the love. <laughs> That's true. That is true. We're going to focus on the love. Yeah. We're going to do it, but it is kicking a dachshund uphill. <laughs> it is pissing up a rope. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Love is, we're going to have to pluck the careful flowers of love from the heaps of bullshit <laughs> that we're talking about. The little sprouts that grow in your hand like seeds when you hope. Yeah. Instantly, yeah. we're going to pluck just the little flowers of human goodness off the huge steaming piles of shit the New York Times has put out. And I want to say, to start it out, like many, many things, it is in a small way my fault. Ah. Uh -huh. We come back to the Smothers Gillette principle. Mm -hmm. You know, Smothers Gillette principle was when I would go on um, Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. Or I would go on uh, Greg Gutfeld, mm -hmm. or one of the um, one of the shows like that. Yeah, uh, Tommy. I should say Tommy Smothers would go. Tommy Smothers once went apoplectic on me on television, on television. Yeah, and kicked my ass on the green room on the green room with Paul Provenza. Yeah. Now Tommy Smothers is one of my first, maybe my first comedy hero. Yeah, Tommy Smothers is everything to me. It's very hard to tell, I think, if you aren't inside me and who is besides me, uh, if you're not inside my head, but a lot in my mind, mm -hmm. a lot of my comedy style and timing has come from Tommy Smothers. Yeah. The characters seem very different and are very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I believe I learned so much from Tommy Smothers, plus his incredible integrity and strength, what he did on the show, yeah. uh, along with his brother, to uh, fight a uh, war uh, against a war mm -hmm. and uh, be a casualty of that, you yeah. know? Have Nixon get essentially get his ass thrown off television. I mean, you can talk about Bill Maher being thrown off politically incorrect for what he said, right? but- you can't make that argument full on because Bill Maher's ratings were low. It gets tough. Like, for example, if I see Pete Buttigieg on Fox News, mm -hmm. I'm not thinking, oh, here he is speaking some right-wing bullshit again, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can be a known entity outside of the yeah. platform you're on. Like I said, Bill Maher, low ratings. Yeah. Smothers Brothers, really high ratings and then canceled. 
Uh, hard to think of a lot of examples of that. I believe there are others. Yeah, but there aren't too many. There aren't a lot. It really is. Uh, we like to think that money trumps everything in Hollywood, and it doesn't. Yeah. And that is actually more troubling. Mm-hmm. So Tommy Smothers, a huge hero of mine on every level, morally, intellectually, comedically, a real important person to me. Uh, I was on the green room with him, and he just kicked my fucking ass about going on shows because he said when I went on Glenn Beck, I gave some of my um, whatever I had to Glenn Beck. Yes. Because I was on his show. And I argued that I was the only one to have gone on Glenn Beck and said there is no God Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be gay Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things like that that nobody else on Glenn Beck would say. So where I landed on that, and I've talked about this an awful lot, where I landed on that was that Tommy Smothers and I are both right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't don't want to be part of something, even if you're giving a uh, contrary opinion. Right. And other times you want to give your contrary opinion. And making that decision is really, really hard. So this uh, full dyed-in-the-wool dipshit, <laughs> David Siegel. Yeah. David Siegel of the kind of the New York Times. This will be important later of the business division yeah. of the New York Times. Reporting from Tel Aviv. Okay. He has my email address because he's interviewed me about Somebody else. I don't know. Maybe it was about Aussie Wind. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been about Aussie oh, Wind. Yeah, yeah. Or it might have been about. Uh, was it David Berglass? That did, was he the yeah. one who did the article on him? With the, 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 the New York Times did an article on any card, any number, and everyone was suddenly asking every magician about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was him or not. I don't know if it was him. That was one of those weird but He articles. did one of those magician articles that I was in. Mm-hmm. I was interviewed. And talking to him, he had a an odd kind of credulous point of view. Uh, he, he seemed to have made up his mind about the issue and was looking to find uh, quotations from me that he could put in to... Um, to Buttress his argument? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't bother me because it was an artistic article and yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who cares really? And someone's, yeah, someone's brand new in magic, brand new ideas in magic. And of course... I know that's bullshit because I was, you know, someone who said we had new ideas in magic. Yeah. But that's an artistic thing. So I was in, uh, I think I was in uh, London and Mox was in town. We were having a great time. I was also uh, cramming for my final exam in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Doing uh, being there, talking to Hondro all the time. And uh, I was... Um, very, very uh, apprehensive about Spain. I was also trying to spend time with Moxie because she'd come over to London to see me, and I wanted to make sure. But I was also trying to do good shows, and I had a lot on my mind. And this, uh, I think we can say, we'll make the argument later, but we'll start out with this this dipshit, yeah, uh, David Siegel. Um, In fact, I'm willing to pronounce it Seagal. That's how much of a dipshit I think he is. <laughs> yeah, David, David Seagal. Seagal. Good. Yeah. Let's do that. David yeah. Seagal. Writes me an email. I'm doing an article about Uri Geller oh. and how he's being accepted by the magic community. <laughs> and I'd love to interview him about that. Uh, 
in my frailty, I go. And I write a letter back saying, Uri Geller's a bad guy who's done a lot of damage to people that I love. Uh, I don't think I want to be part of an article that's going to say good things about him. And then I look at that and I read it again and I read it again and I read it again. And I say, well, I just said bad guy and I don't believe that. I don't believe there's such a thing as a bad guy. And yes, he's done damage to people I love, but I mean Randy. And uh, so I do what any, uh, what any strong-willed uh, moral person would do. I forward it to Glenn. <laughs> With no answer to David Seagal yeah, at all. Right. I just, no answer. Yeah. I just say, Glenn, would you take care of this? And Glenn writes back, do you want to do it? And I write back with Tommy Smothers on one shoulder <laughs> and old Penn Jillette on the other shoulder yeah. saying, uh, well, I, uh, every part of me wants to get on the phone with this dipshit yeah. and scream yeah. about Harry Geller. Yeah. Just scream about him. And that would make me part of the, you know, the dialogue. Yeah. And then I say, but the article, the, the topic sentence he sent me shows his mind is made up. So he's probably either going to quote me out of context or he's going to put me in the token skeptic position. Yeah, yeah. And I'm tired. I'm really fucking tired. You're going to be the, and then there's this asshole of the article. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm tired. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm just beaten. I am... I, the, the England thing, the Spain thing, all of that had beaten me to a pulp, right? Yeah. I was terrified of arriving in Spain. I was realizing I was going to walk on stage and do an hour and 40 minutes in what is not my first language. Yeah. And I obviously uh, love Hondro dearly and did not want to let him down. I wanted to come through for him. I was running over my monologues every day, all day. I wanted to give mocks. It's also, it'd also be different if, hey, we're doing an article looking back on Uri Geller. Mm -hmm. we're, no, we're doing an article on how Uri Geller is being accepted in the magic community. Yeah. That's not true. So we could say, and we would say. Yeah. Why the fuck didn't this dipshit talk to someone like me? Yeah. And we aren't able to say that because he tried to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said no. Right. But if someone's like, hey, we're doing an article on how Trump is being accepted by the squad. Do you want to <laughs> talk about it? I'd be like, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how. I cannot compute thesis yeah. statement. It's a robot killer. <laughs> I've gotten different advice. I'm Lawrence O'Donnell Jr. Yeah. Uh, MSNBC superstar. Yeah. Read the article and was appalled. And I wrote to him and said, I decided not to be in it. And Lawrence O'Donnell wrote back, you could have won that article. Oh. You could have won that article. You could have changed his point of view. Some of the quotations you've given to me could have made a huge difference in that. That's tough. Then Robbie Libin said to me, you made the absolute right decision all he would have done was twisted you, taking you out of context. Da, 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 da. I don't know. I don't know. 
the way the article is written, it sure seems like it would have been hard to get a fair shot in that article. Well, let's bring it up to uh, Gellermania. I'm just, I'm just thumbing through the article here. <laughs> I have an example there. I looked through here, and one of the um, one name popped out at me. Okay, Andy Nyman. Yeah. Okay. Now Andy Nyman is a guy I really like. He wrote a ghost story, uh, uh, Broadway show. I mean, mm-hmm. West End show. Uh, he is a wonderful magician. He's a fabulous actor. Yeah. I mean, fabulous actor. He's written a few books on acting. He's a wonderful magician, good actor. Works a lot with um, Darren Brown. You know, works a lot with Darren Brown. Yeah. Writes tricks for Darren Brown, writes stuff for Darren Brown. He's a really, really good guy. One of the great guys. So as I'm reading this fucking bullshit article, (laughs) I see this. I mean this in the most respectful way, said Andy Nyman, a magician and actor who a few years ago introduced a lecture by Mr. Geller at the Blackpool Magic Convention, an appearance that cemented this truth. I think the world is aware that if he's fraudulent, there are bigger lies and bigger frauds out there that are far more damaging. I read that and went, Andy, motherfucker. (laughs) I hate that argument so What the fuck is wrong with you, Andy? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like to be clearly like, to be clearly big about this, like when people go like, oh, the pandemic fucking fucked up my life royally, but you know what? It screwed up so many other people's lives. You always caution people like, hey, 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 sure. But we're talking about you right now. Yeah. And let's get your feelings out. You know, this person broke up with me, but you know, other people have had worse people cheat on them, whatever. That does not reduce pain. That does not Mm -hmm. reduce what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. You know, if I get mugged, but people get bigger things all from all the time. No, you had a traumatic experience. Yeah. Yeah. So Uri Geller hurt people. Yeah. So just because he didn't hurt people the most (laughs) doesn't mean I want to introduce him at Black Bull. Uh, Yeah. Well, we don't know what the introduction was. That's true. I mean, it's distorted because I wrote to Andy Nyman, which is not usually my style. Mm-hmm. My style is usually to pout. But I just saw Andy in London. Mm-hmm. He came to our show with Darren Brown. I just talked to him during an admission, had a wonderful time. I like Andy a lot. And you're right. I'm actually just cutting out. I, I, I walked right into my own trap. We just said that this guy seems like he would take people's quotes out of context and clear mm-hmm. this article that what we just read, that paragraph you just read, can clearly be a patched group of quotes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm already, I'm th- Andy, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. So I wrote to Andy. Yeah. And I said, what the fuck? <laughs> On this article, I disagree with you strongly. And Andy wrote back, I did a long, long interview with him. <laughs> And that's all he got out of it. Oh. What I said was his only skill was self-promotion. Mm. And uh, I, I, then he wrote to me. He wrote back, you know, LOL, I knew this article would bother you. And I wrote back, uh, no LOL involved. I'm not laughing. Uh. I said, I think this is actually important. I think that the truth matters. And he wrote back. We agree. I believe truth matters. <laughs> ah. Please don't think differently of that, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. he just said, uh, you know, I did a long interview with him, which is really all you have to say. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the idea that Andy introduced him at Blackpool, I don't know. All I know is that Uri Geller was going to appear in the Magic Convention in uh, Florida. Teller and I were scheduled to appear. Teller and I pulled out of it. Yeah. Uh, Magic Magazine was doing an article on Uri Geller. Yeah. Uh, that was positive. And we were going to be on the cover of that issue. And we took the pictures back and said they couldn't put us on the cover. Mm. So Andy did not make that decision. Right. Just like I made the decision not to be in the article, Andy didn't make that decision. And I do not blame Andy for that because I was right on the edge of making that same decision. A hundred percent. And then you look one paragraph up from what you're talking about. I'm looking at the article right now. You know, small wonder that the anti-Geller brigade has laid down its arms is, it's a really weird sentence to write. Yeah. Because in this entire article, he has one person. Who's a magician who was anti-Geller and is no longer anti-Geller. Yeah. One. 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 There are a lot of magicians who were aggressively anti-Geller who were not represented in this article as coming around. Yeah. I might be one of them. <laughs> Teller might be another. Yeah. Darren Brown might be another. And if you want to talk about him winning the war, uh, you know, uh, Randy died. Is that the win that you're talking about? Yeah. Is that the outlasting public sentiment that you've won is because one of the greatest people that ever exposed you can't because he's not alive anymore. Yeah. Cause he, cause he's dead. Yeah. Uh, that is incredible. That is incredible about that. But what's even more incredible. Okay. Is that James Randy, a Canadian magician, escape artist known professionally as the amazing Randy went much further, a relative unknown at the time, Mr. Randy, who eventually a relative unknown at the time. He was opening for Alice Cooper. Yes. You know, he was pretty, he was on Wonderama. Yeah. He was pretty well known. A relative, uh, a relative unknown at the time. Uh, he was not unknown relative to Geller. Yeah. The whole article he's going to make later is that Randy arguing against him made Geller more famous, which means he's, it's like when <laughs> Donald Trump, it's, and we're going to be comparing a lot to Donald Trump. Here. We are. Yeah, because it, it really is, this dipshit's going to write an article in four years saying, say what you want about Donald Trump, he sure was good at self-promotion. Right. It's like, hey, a lot of people think he collected over $100 million to investigate voter fraud and spent not 10 investigating voter fraud, but good guy, yeah? Fun. <laughs> what, what a con. Yeah. He, Gotta he, hand it to him. He kind of won. He kind of won. He kind of won. He kind of won. Because <laughs> Bob Dole died. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Who eventually won a MacArthur Fellowship as a professional skeptic was the loudest anti-Geller voice in the world. He is intending to enter the psychic healing field soon. And when he starts into that racket, he can kill people. He wrote an edition of his book, The Truth About Harry Geller. He also called Geller a dangerous and insidious figure one he intended to stop at all costs. He will later say Geller did not enter the healing field. He just says that like, ha ha, Randy, you were wrong. Your prediction was wrong. He Except I know a person personally that Geller went in to a relative in a coma and did some healing shit for them. So it's not true at any fucking level. No. Okay. But 
Those costs, it turned out, were high. Mr. Gellard filed defamation lawsuits against Mr. Randy, including one for claiming that Gellard was performing tricks once taught in the back of cereal boxes. I was involved in that case, by the way. The so-called cornflakes case ended with a dismissal, but over the years, Mr. Randy burned through most of his $272,000 MacArthur grant covering personal legal expenses. He died three years ago and apparently loathed his nemesis to the end. Okay. We are now saying that if you are in a trial where you spoke the truth— which this guy himself, David Segal, says that Uri Geller is doing magic tricks. Right. Okay. So this article, okay, which is carefully worded in places, so he does not say that Geller's a fraud. Okay. This guy knows that Geller was doing magic tricks, like off the back of cereal boxes, which is what Randy said. He said, like the kinds of tricks on the back of cereal boxes, and Geller got into a whole thing of produce the cereal box that has this kind of thing. He was using that as an example of cheesy magic tricks. Okay. That sounds Trumpian. Yeah. And then, ha, 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 you spent $272,000. Oh, by the way, Penn and Teller also had to buy Randy's house so he wouldn't be thrown out. Yeah. So if someone comes up against Trump and Trump sues him on a technicality and that person has to defend themselves for telling the truth, we then laugh, ha, 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 because you spent so much money? That's what he's doing. He is laughing that Randy spent a lot of money to defend the fucking truth, which the guy knows is the motherfucking truth. He also says, ah, there's so much of this that's so annoying. First of all, we need to say this most importantly. Yeah. If you ask anyone, I was going to say under 60. Yeah. But I can just leave it. If you ask anyone who is Uri Geller, yeah. they will say, huh? huh? I'll also tell you with a great deal of joy, if you type in magic and Geller into Google, it'll correct it to Teller. Because <laughs> the more famous magician is Teller, you stupid motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Now, he also talks about Randy going on Barbara Walters talk show mm-hmm. after Geller had scammed her and saying, this is the way it was done. There's nothing psychic about this feat. He does the same thing and challenges it. A few moments later, the key is bent. Ms. Walters deflates. Suddenly, Mr. Geller seemed like a workaday huckster and the world seemed a little duller. She looked at the key that Mr. Randy had just bent and began theatrically boo-hooing as if to say, thanks for nothing, you buzzkiller. How the fuck do you turn that incident around to make Randy the bad guy? (laughs) Barbara Walters is a hero. Yes. It takes a great deal of balls to be able to say, oh, looks like I was scammed. And then she looks hurt that she was scammed on her TV show by a lying motherfucker. Yeah. And she turned, he turns that around to Randy made her feel bad. Finish that sentence, please, David. 
you idiot. Yes. Randy made her feel bad by telling her the truth after she was lied to. Yes. He also says in here that Geller's kind of doing no damage. He then says that Geller claims to. Now, this is where we get into crazy world. Because we're taking Geller's word for something that may not be true that is also damning. Right. We are exactly in the situation of, I have classified documents here. (laughs) Right? And then he says, well, everybody knows I was lying. So Geller says that he had helped oil companies try to find oil, charge them a million bucks apiece, and help like 11 different situations. Meaning, Geller is claiming to have taken $11 million. Yeah. Now, we don't believe that Geller got that much fucking money. (laughs) But he is bragging, and then the guy is just going, oh, Geller doesn't do any harm to the world. That $11 million... I'm going to say this, because since making up shit is okay, that $11 million might have been, how about this? People say, there are people saying that that was earmarked for development of alternative energy sources, (laughs) solar power, wind power that could have stopped global warming. And instead, it went to Geller's pocket. Let's say that, because we're making up shit. I can make it up uh, uh, scholarships for engineering students. (laughs) Yeah, that went into, and then we believe, which is incredible, we are asked to believe that Geller moved out of the mansion to move into a little one-room apartment or whatever the fuck they say he's in, yeah. because the other place was just too fucking big. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Look, uh, season three of World's Greatest Con is yeah. out. Yeah. And then that they talk about uh, Banachek, you know, working with Randy mm-hmm. and going under those psych experiments. And then there's an episode dedicated to when Uri Geller was completely exposed as a fraud. Yeah. It's, it's all there. It's a great document. And if you don't have time to definitely download and listen to that podcast for a quicker amount of time, just search Uri Geller, Johnny Carson on YouTube. Yeah. But which he spins as an okay thing. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He spins that, uh, just to tell the story very quickly. Yeah. Johnny Carson was having Uri Geller on. Yeah. And Johnny Carson wanted to make sure Uri Geller didn't cheat because Johnny Carson was a skeptic and uh, and, and a magician. So he called Randy because they were good friends. Yeah. Okay. And Randy said, here's how he's going to do these tricks. Here's how you stop him. There's this cat named Shippy who was his, his invisible man yeah. who would sneak and do stuff behind the scenes. Don't let him in. And then he's going to try to tell which of these containers has water in it. Yeah. He's going to kick the table and see which one wiggles. Put it on a cement table. And you can see Geller fucking kicking a cement table. <laughs> Geller accomplishes nothing on that show. Nothing. It is one of the most awkward. It's actually aired as national television, and it is the most pa- one of the most painfully awkward things you can watch. All right, yeah. And Carson just sits there tough. Yeah. Now, you could what not What an entertainer. Have- what an entertainer he is. <laughs> and... And Carson, that is in every way. If you saw that in an Iron Man movie, that is a win in every single way. This dipshit, David Seagal, spins it that the fact that he did nothing proves it more. (laughs) Now, we're not talking about what bothers me most about this article. 
Yes, it is excusing a person who did damage to people that I love personally. Yeah. It is excusing a person that cost me money. Yeah. Okay. Indirectly through Randy. It's doing all that. But more important than that, at a very deep level, there is a hatred and dismissal for believers. This is a silly thing that we all know is just entertaining and fun. And isn't he good with his brand? Isn't he good at getting attention? Isn't he good at self-promoting? Ha, ha, ha. And there is, at a base level, a fucking hatred for people who might not know as much as this motherfucker in the New York Times. So it is a light, easy thing for him. And he is ignoring the 14-year-old girl who saw Uri Geller bend metal and misunderstood physics because of that and maybe didn't go into a career in physics. He's ignoring people like me who saw tricks, found out they were tricks, and was so heartbroken that I gave up on science for a while. He is ignoring the people that really care. He is like the stupid motherfuckers who went on Celebrity Apprentice, C-level stars, who knew that Donald Trump was a liar, that Donald Trump was a con man, but thought it's just a TV show. We know he's not really a billionaire. We know he's not really a good businessman. We know he went bankrupt twice. We know, we know he's got less money than his father left him. We know he's a loser. We know he's a pig. These C-level stars who said, if we go on national TV every Sunday night, we'll sell more tickets to our show. We'll sell more books. We will be more famous because of this. Those craven, useless assholes who dismissed the fact that they were helping a man lie, that he was a good businessman. Those people who knew better that looked Donald Trump in the eye and called him Mr. Trump and showed deference to him. Ha, ha, ha. Everyone knows he's a fucking loser. Well, guess what, Penn? Everyone didn't know, and when you addressed him as Mr. Trump, you were part of the fucking problem. You C-level celebrity motherfucker, you You helped give us Trump. You didn't know he was going to run for president. I didn't know he was going to run for president, but I did know. When he did, you said, no, no, (laughs) no, no, no. no, no. And you got on his list of most hated people. Number seven, above Hillary Clinton. (laughs) I'm most proud of that. But what I'm saying is, we have to remember that the truth always matters. Yeah. It always matters. Yeah. I'm even, and I'll even say on the Santa Claus thing, he says it's like running into a room full of preschoolers telling them there's no Santa Claus. You know what you've just done, David Seagal? You fucking dick. What you've just done is you've said that the people that were lied to by Uri Geller were preschool idiots that you don't fucking care about. By the way, I didn't lie to my children about Santa Claus. Right. And these little lies that you laugh about as not mattering at all, they do fucking matter. Well, and here's where David Seagal's a real fucking idiot. Historically, 
people have been using tricks and magic techniques to fuck people over for way longer than they've been using it to entertain people. <laughs> Historically, yeah, yeah. Houdini and fucking people turned it around. But if you look back at like crazy magicians back in the day, they were known for being fucking crazy thieves. And even now, like in India, right? We, we, we had Indian magicians come on our show, mm -hmm. uh, fool us. Our show. That's right, motherfucker. Uh, uh, <laughs> come on, fool us. And what they do is they, they say, I'm, I'm so happy to be entertaining people because a lot of people use these techniques for faux medical healing yeah. and fucking with the poor. The vitriol is a little hard to fathom. It's true that Mr. Geller had a lucrative side hustle, we don't know this, in the 1980s working for mining companies who thought his uh, putative psychic powers could help them determine where to dig. In the 1986 Financial Times story, he said that his standard fee was one million pounds per assignment, three million in inflation-adjusted terms, and that 11 companies had retained him. Mr. Geller's track record as a prospector is not known, and he says he can't remember. But he never went into faith healing, nor did he charge enough to leave many with a case of buyer's remorse. <laughs> so I'm going to go on the New York fucking Times and put a whole huge article that alludes to this person being a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. And be like, now there are no sources, and even the source himself says he has no sources. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, nor did he charge enough to leave many with a case of buyer's remorse. So David Seagal has said, if you charge him $3 million <laughs> for a scam, he will have no buyer's remorse. <laughs> so our goal now is let's scam David Seagal for $3 million Nothing. and see how he just turns his head. <laughs> Worth it for the lesson. This is the strangest piece. Here we go. The stakes, of course, are different. Okay. He's talking about Geller's Ben Spoon demonstration and deep fakes both create this conflict between what we think is possible and what we're seeing, said Alice Pais, an author of The Psychology of Magic. Both elicit strong emotional responses, confusion, delight, distress, maybe even paranoia. And then it goes out of the quote. Because this poor woman's being quoted out of context, too. Yeah. The stakes, of course, are different. Get fooled by a spoon bender, and you're likely to end up with a smile on your face. Three million in the debt. Never mind. <laughs> Get fooled by a pernicious deep fake, and you might end up believing that the video posted last year by President Zelensky of Ukraine appearing to surrender or something else that is false and noxious. This time, it's going to take more than Mr. Randy and Ben Harris to flag the frauds. The frauds. He's just called him a motherfucking fraud. <laughs> said he did no damage by charging $3 million, which did he get $3 million? We don't know, because the fraud told us. <sighs> you know, it goes you, you, on. Every fucking paragraph is filled with this kind of self-contradictory shit. I got an idea. David Seagal of the New York Times? Yeah. Why don't we just agree that whether it's deep fakes or whether it's a pocket knife trick, yeah. the truth matters. Yeah. And all you got to do, Geller, is say you're doing magic tricks and nobody minds you. 
Right. We're all happy about it. You know why he didn't say he was doing magic tricks? Because he's not fucking good enough. <laughs> End of story. Yeah. End of story. The only, you know why Donald Trump lies and cheats to be in a political position? Because he's not fucking good enough. Obama was smart and honest and straightforward. You know why? Because he was good enough. It's very, Darren Brown does magic tricks. You know why? Because he's fucking good enough. Okay, now we got more to say. (laughs) Now and then he speaks to magicians, giving tips and what are essentially motivational speeches. Thanks. Be original. What? Are they pretending he invented spoon bending? Anyway, be original, which he's not. Be persistent, which he is. Stick with the persona. He doesn't have a persona except liar. He tells listeners, at the Blackpool Magic Convention in February 2020, he gave all that advice to a packed room, and he performed a newish effect. The word he's using there is newish. (laughs) Now, this is the New York fucking Times. Right. So when you wrote an article for Saget, Uh do you remember how hard that woman was on you? Yeah. They busted me on everything. Where is she? (laughs) Is she on vacation? Did he pay her off? Did they not talk to each other? Do they not know that the effect he's about to describe goes back 3,000 years? (laughs) Right. Newish. Well, newish in the in the in the in the universe. Yeah, you know, you know, it's universe and universal. Okay. I heard Z is claiming to be newish. <laughs> <laughs> he poured radish seeds into his hand and asked everyone to chant "sprout" over and over. As he swirled the seeds with his finger. A close-up camera showed a green shoot that seemed to materialize in the middle of his hand as though it had been willed to blossom. David Seagal, I just heard the scripture for the first time. I'll do this for you. (laughs) I'll get on a Zoom right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We know the method. Among magicians, asked a cheeky young man during the question and answer part of the presentation. Now, when he says cheeky young man, I'm assuming with his reporting, the guy's 83. (laughs) Was that a magic trick? Cheeky. Cheeky to say, was that a magic trick to someone who's claiming not to be doing a magic trick and doing a magic trick? Giving him an out to be able to say, yes, that was a magic trick. If you said that to Darren Brown, yes, that's a magic trick. Yeah. Yeah. If you you said that to David Copperfield, yes, that's a magic trick. You know why? Because David Copperfield can do magic tricks and do them well. Yeah. David Copperfield doesn't need to claim, he doesn't need to claim that the Statue of Liberty actually vanished because he did a good trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you sneak a bit of cress in with your seeds? Okay. This is what the 83-year-old cheeky young man said. (laughs) Are you serious? Mr. Geller all but shouted with italics on the serious. More amused than galled. Good. Which is what Donald Trump is. Yeah, yeah. 
Do you really think I'm going to say at age 73 that that was a trick? Get a life. Get a life because you simply want to tell the truth about botany? Get a life because you're at a magic convention filled with magicians. That packed house is magicians. Right. So what the guy's actually is like, you don't want a group of people who know how magic works to applaud you for trying to grow a little fucking tree in your hand, do you? Well, no. They like that because here's the thing. The idea, and you hear people say this about Trump too, the idea is that self-promotion is a skill, the genius of self-promotion. I will tell you, the way I was raised by my mom and dad, which is who I was raised by, Mm -hmm. uh, in New England, self-promotion was not considered a genius trait. It was considered something to be embarrassed about. Right. If you walked into a room and self-promoted, you were considered to be a bore. Now, I'm in a business where there is a lot of self-promotion, and I certainly do it. And I certainly come out on stage and yell my own name. There's no doubt about that. But the idea, and these magicians in Blackpool, I think that this is what they're being sucked into. Look what this guy is able to do with a stupid little trick. Look how much money he made. Yeah. That's it. Look how much money he made with a stupid little trick. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that stuff to learn? Okay? Yeah. I go back to the same, and I know this This may be a little bit like PETA uh, comparing, um, comparing the death of animals to the Holocaust, a little bit tasteless, but I think the analogy holds up. It's like a guy saying, look how good I am with women. I am so good with women. Mm-hmm. Look how much sex I've had. Yeah. And leaving out the fact that he's holding a gun to their head and raping them. Right. He, the reason his magic tricks that are so lame get a good reaction is because he's lying to people who don't understand. And the person who took hundreds of thousands of dollars to say to people that he respected, like Barbara Walters, wait a minute, this might be a trick. This isn't the way the universe worked. Yeah. And to ridicule them and to mock them is so far beyond what a moral person would do. It is actually sickening. It is what a pig does. There are not words bad enough for this shit. You understand, in this article, he calls Geller a fraud. Right. He uses that word to describe Geller. Fraud. Which is the word Randy got sued for. But you know, Geller won't sue David Seagal because where the fuck is the New York Times? Where are they? Where's that woman that wouldn't let you say the smallest little things about Bob... Because because you couldn't know that uh, firsthand. Right. By the time Geller appeared on the Dimbley talk-in, his career had already endured several near-death experiences. Raised in poverty as an only child. Maybe. He said the Maybe. first time he bent a spoon while eating mushroom soup in his mother's kitchen around five. 
It didn't occur to him that this could be a profession until many years later after he'd left the Army and was working as a courier and part-time model. At a photo shoot, he bent a photographer's key. The guy freaked out and said, I'm having a house party tonight. Will you come? So the idea is this guy writing the New York Times knows he's a fraud and wants to mock people who say he's a fraud. Because this guy is so high and mighty, anyone who believes in Geller is like a child who believes in Santa Claus, and we needn't disabuse them of that because he's doing no harm. He's just taking money that might be $3 million. That really doesn't mean that much to people like me, David Seagal, who has $3 million to throw away. So if you're looking to scam somebody, David Seagal's your guy. No buyer's remorse there. No. No. None. And this Harris, who wrote a book against him and is now in favor of him, he's one guy. By the way, one person, and I will be able to name people who have not come around. <laughs> more uh, than one, yeah. <laughs> it's more, more than, than one. More than one in this room. And to, to even to go back for a second to tell a room of you know, Blackpool's not cheap to go to, right? Yeah. And it's popular with magicians. Yeah, this is the mistake I made getting the magic world. One of the why it's populated with people who can afford those tickets is because they work. Mm-hmm. That's what I didn't understand. You have a big magic adventure, like almost a bunch of nerds. Yeah. No, one of the reasons that all these people go year after year to hang out with each other is because they're all still working. <laughs> That's why they all hang out with each other yeah. and laugh and throw back drinks yeah. at all these magic conventions. Yeah. It's because they've all made a living doing magic. Yeah. Get a life? They're they're living the fucking real life, dude. <laughs> and that's what fucking paid you to stand on that stage. Yeah. That's what flew you in. That's what put you in a hotel. Let's yeah. put a microphone in front of your fucking face. Was that person's life? Yeah, get a life. Well, get a life is always hateful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I'm trying to think of an example where I heard a person that I consider to be a strong, kind person use get a life. Yeah. Can you think of that? I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a movie called Trekkies yeah. that made me, uh, made me cry. Yeah. It's a beautiful movie. And at one point there's a guy dressed in a full, um, uh, starship outfit enterprise i don't know the star trek stuff so he's in a full star trek outfit what's that called a onesie yeah okay <laughs> and um galactic unitard this this guy this guy says on screen while he's wearing the whole captain kirk outfit yeah i'm sorry i don't know star trek that doesn't mean i don't respect the people and he says people say to me get a life this is my life i just broke down crying there's some context you might not know. Mm-hmm. There was a Saturday Night Live sketch featuring William Shatner. Right, I remember that, yeah. Where he said, get, get a life. life. Yeah. And the following year at all the Star Trek conventions, they were playing that on a loop on video uh-huh. so that they could own it themselves. I see. That's great. Yeah. yeah. When people say get a life, it often means they don't have a life. Yeah. Uri Geller has not brought anything beautiful into the world. Uri Geller has enriched himself by scamming other people. Geller has taken money from the greatest man I ever met. Geller's now 72 years old. He has not brought joy to the world. He has lied. He's a pig. And for this guy who is as far from having a good human life as I can imagine, to say to someone that says, hey, Are you doing magic tricks when a guy is doing magic tricks? Get a life? Fuck you. Just fuck you. 
I, I went on Howard Stern to talk about Geller. And Geller called me up the day before and said, I'm really interested that you're going on, Howard Stern. I'll be listening. You know what that is? That's a threat. It's a threat. It was right after he sued my friend Randy, yeah. telling me that what I would say could get me in trouble with him. He uses the legal system like someone else we know. Yeah. But if you're going to be the New York Times and you're going to call Donald Trump a petty con man and say that his lies matter, where are you going to draw the line? My suggestion is there's no line to draw. Yeah. Speak the truth as you know it all the time. That's all you got to do. And you know, the idea that there are lies that fly below the radar, I don't know. The importance of being earnest. I mean, you look good tonight. When I tell those lies that people call white lies, yeah, I don't feel that I'm lying. Because if I see someone that I really love and really care about, they do look good to me. I think I... I don't know if I actually did this, but I entertained the idea of telling Mox and Zoltan when they were very young that the ice cream place was closed. So I didn't want to take them there. <laughs> I know I entertained that because I wrote about entertaining it. I don't know whether I actually did it. Yeah. But we didn't do the Santa Claus thing. We didn't tell them God was watching them masturbate. We didn't tell them any of that stuff. I have tried not to tell. And There's I have, also not a, a New York Times article about your parenting. <laughs> you know, like. You wait. <laughs> if so, I hope you get, I hope you don't get Seagal. I hope you get the woman who, who worked with you in the first uh, one you did. Yeah. It's amazing how there's no fact checking on this article. It's bizarre. It's really bizarre. Right now where he qualifies if he bent the spoon for real. Like they don't even, they go out of their way to say, I'm leaving if in. Yeah. He didn't. <laughs> and the guy knows it. Yeah. The guy knows it. Yeah. That's the thing. Is there anything in this article where the guy seems to say, I sincerely in my heart believe this guy has supernatural powers? No. And he has inspired multiple new generations of people to do this spoon-bending bullshit and sell it as fact. He has. Mm -hmm. So he has a legacy of further deceit and fraudulent behavior from other people. He has sowed that. And if your article, David Seagal, if your article, the point of your article is that there are certain lies that fly under the radar, is it okay that we said Donald Trump was a great businessman? Is it okay if the people that want, look at the, let's talk about joy for a second. Yeah. You've seen videos of people at the Trump rallies when he spews hatred for Biden. Yeah. And when he says things that are not true about prosecutors being overzealous and being scumbags mm -hmm. and lying and being deranged. Have you seen the looks of joy on the audience's faces, David? Because they're filled with joy. <laughs> They really are. Yeah. The guys wearing guns, God, and Trump t-shirts yeah. are filled with joy when he says things that aren't true about a prosecutor. They are filled with joy. And when you see their faces filled with joy, David, do you then say, 
it's okay that Donald Trump's saying that. So I would just like to to end this by saying, uh, David Seagal, fuck you in the neck. That was Penn Sunday School. Oh, and if you give me three million, you won't believe I'm going to show you. (laughs) You become naked. That's all we're asking. That's all we're asking. You know, uh, David, there's an orange grove in Florida that we have that's on reclaimed land. It's going to cost you just six million bucks. And then you can have all this money that you'll make from this to fly Murray Geller to Blackpool. And Randy, I just want to say... um, Wish we could have done as good a job as you. I love you, Randy. Always will. Uh, we love you, too. And who you get to thank there? Uh, I want to thank the following people who support this show on Patreon because uh, they're good people and we're doing our best, not because we scammed them out of millions of dollars. <laughs> Scott Kelly, Adam Berzins, Matthew Applehands, Fractured Adventures, Carlos Alvarez, Nicholas Emerson, Michael Cornwall, Ross Devereaux, Rue Dudley, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bacher, Impossibilities Magic Show in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Michael Torbay, Ilan Lee, Jacob McCulley, Nicole Martin, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Music Man, No Thank You Daddy, Rachel Hawkins, Chris Angel Tuena Una Pregunta. <laughs> I said that wrong, but I believe it's Spanish for Chris Angel as a question. Jake Schneider and Pete, not Peter, Hoke, which rhymes with Coke. Thank you. David Seagal is above the law. Is anybody seeing Yuri? I'm going to keep coming back until somebody has something to say about Yuri. David Seagal is above editorial standards at the New York Times. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.